Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Veterinary Advice, Animal News and Views, the place for pets. And they're people who love them. Here is your host, practicing veterinarian, veterinary news network reporter, and host of the popular YouTube show, The Web DVM, Dr. Roger Welton. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you for joining me, coming to you live from the Florida Space Coast. Very important show this evening, and I'm very excited to talk about heartworm disease. It is a very common disease that a lot of people know little about, surprisingly know little about, even though we're asking you to do regular heartworm testing for your dogs, regular heartworm screening, keeping them on heartworm prevention. A lot of folks don't understand the disease, and unfortunately, this leads to problems, and we'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, First off, I just wanted to remind everyone that this is a live call-in show. You can give me a call toll-free at 1-877-878. 1435 1-877-878-1435. You can ask me a question about anything. You can offer just pithy comments about whatever we may be talking about or anything pet-related. So please feel free to chime in at any time. Again, one more time, that number is one 877 1435 Folks, we also have a chat room open for you. My live chat is located on the profile section of the show page uh, where it says chat. The show page, depending on where you're listening, if you're listening from an embedded player at one of our syndicated sites, the show page is located directly at blogtalkradio.com front slash rwdvm. Again, feel free to click on the live chat. If you're too shy to call, you can post a question or comment there, and we are monitoring that throughout the broadcast, and certainly we'll be happy to address those posts as well. Lastly, for our archive listeners who have been our most active contributors, and boy, do we have a bunch today, There, you, you, you may contact us, as always, by emailing pre-show email questions to comments at web-dvm.net. That's comments at web-dvm.net. That information is also on the show page, so feel free to copy it there and email us your questions beforehand because a lot of you listen uh, later on as a podcast uh, at your leisure and it's nice to be able to get your questions or comments in and we accept those questions or comments right up to 6 p.m. the evening of the broadcast. Now we have all that information out of the way. Let's get into heartworm disease. So the title of the show is Fact Versus Fiction and that's important because I I really need to, to clear the air here. I want to I want all the pet owners that listen to me uh, get a really good grasp of what heartworm disease is, and I, I really want to, most importantly, uh, throw out a lot of the misconceptions out there, a lot of the misinformation out there that's created by breeders that don't know what they're talking about. I'm not implicating all breeders, but there's some breeders that are giving advice that they just shouldn't be. Again, I know there's a lot of breeders that listen, and I'm not trying to insult all breeders because there's a lot that a lot of breeders that really know what they're talking about, but there's a lot that really do not belong giving medical advice. 
other misinformation comes from rumors or other not, you know people in the pet industry trainers that have opinions that are not based in science and certainly not based in medicine so you always want to check with your veterinarian to to confirm to confirm information but let's go through some of the misconceptions out there and and I'm not kind of pulling these out of the air these are real things people say to me in practice every day I'm in general practice right now, and uh, I, I do work in, in general practice full time. I'm not a full time radio host. Uh, I, you know, I, I enjoy doing this, but I'm very much involved in practice. And here's some of the things that people say to me that uh, that's just not true. So here's the first one. This is probably the most common. My pet is strictly indoors, so there is no risk for heartworm disease, and preventive medication is not necessary. Um, that is probably the most common fallacy that is out there. Uh, for some reason, people have the idea that it, a dog needs to be an outdoor dog or a cat needs to be an outdoor cat necessarily to get to have any real risk for heartworm disease. That is completely untrue. All it takes to contract heartworm disease is the bite of a mosquito, one single mosquito. And mosquitoes, folks, let me tell you, have a taste for our dogs and cats just as much as they do for us. They get bitten as often. If they're around, they will bite you. They will bite your pets. They don't care. They want that blood. So that is a complete fallacy because, you know, here I I live in Florida. And, of course, there's more mosquitoes here than your average state. But, oh, God, all the time, even though we have screens, we have a lanai, you know, the, the screened-in bird cage that surrounds our patio and pool in the back. You know, we, we take every precaution to not allow mosquitoes in our home. And still every now and then, I'm laying in bed and I, you feel that little buzz in your head, an annoying little mosquito that made it into your house. Well, guess what, ladies and gentlemen, if that mosquito is carrying the infective larvae for heartworm, it can infect one of your pets. So a uh, complete fallacy, the dog or cat does not need to be an outdoor cat to have any real risk. So let's throw that one out the window. And I want to get into the, 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 uh, the whole uh, life cycle of the heartworm, how it's transmitted, and we'll get you that correct information shortly. I'm just going to continue to go through these fallacies here. My pet is on heartworm prevention all year round, so a yearly test is not necessary. This is just my vet trying to take me for more money because, you know, us vets are just money gougers. And to be fair, maybe there's some money gougers out there, but not in this case, ladies and gentlemen. The heartworm test is necessary yearly because there is no heartworm preventive that is 100%. So, they're very effective. They're in the 90-some percentile, most of them, where you know, you're going to be in very good shape by treating your pets with these preventives monthly. The overall risk is low, but nothing is 100%. None of our vaccines are 100%, and certainly no heartworm preventives are 100%. And if a heartworm gets through to reach adulthood and could even potentially reproduce because some, you know, life will tend to find a way, as as that famous scientist in Jurassic Park said, played by Jeff Goldblum. Life sometimes finds a way, and I get I get positives all the time on dogs that are, you know, effectively on heartworm preventive religiously, as per their owners. Now that the, the, here's the other issue. Not everybody is going to be 100% on time with their pet's heartworm preventive medication. Look, I'm a veterinarian. I do this for a living, and yet still I'm, I'm regularly a couple days late, sometimes even a week or two late. It's terrible. I hate to admit that, but it's true. I have little kids. I have my career. I have my 
talk show. I coach youth league lacrosse. I got so much going on in my life that, you know what, I forget sometimes to do the heartworm preventive, and, and I'm, I'm embarrassed to admit that, but it's true. I know the risks associated with that, and yet it still happens to me. And I will, I will tell anybody out there, nobody's perfect. I don't care how perfect you think you are. You could be off a day or two, and that is enough to make your pet at risk for heartworm disease. I actually had, uh, about six months ago, a lady who was, you're not going to believe this, she was late three days. It was a border collie, late three days that she recalled. And all the other times, she actually marked it on her calendar. She was certain she was never late on any other dose. That dog came back positive for heartworm. And, you know, this lady was a, is, not was, but is a phenomenal client. She's she's up to date on her yearlies all the time. She, the moment she gets that reminder postcard, she's there. She's doing everything we ask her to do, uh, yet, you know, there she was with a heartworm positive dog. So, you know, nobody's perfect. No medication is perfect. So let's throw that one out as well. Here's a good one. And, the, you know, the, what we're what we're seeing increasingly is this sort of disdain for traditional medicine uh, in lieu of going holistic routes. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not against holistic medicine. I did a whole show on it. But, um, you know, I, I'm a strong believer in integrative medicine, which, you know, certainly we, we, we want to not reject the traditional Western approach. At the same time, we shouldn't also not uh, reject some holistic treatments that are out there that do have merit. And I think what we should be doing is looking at all of these modalities, not going 100% holistic or 100% traditional Western. I think the truth is somewhere in the middle, um, just like anything else in life. So, Here's what I'm hearing quite a bit increasingly through the years. The chemicals in the heartworm preventive products are dangerous, and my dog is better off taking his chances, getting heartworms, and staying on those drugs. Absolutely un, 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 untrue. I have I am now on my third generation of dogs, so to speak, um, that have been on regular heartworm prevention. Um, you know, I've, I've I've had my own dogs, not you know, dogs with, you know, with, within my own family, my immediate family, family dogs. I've had my own dogs, period, since I went away to college back in 1993. And, you know, that was about the advent of all of these, you know, the, the whole wave of this great new ability to prevent heartworms. And, and I can't, I can't tell you that there's been any adverse effect that I have seen on any of my dogs uh, after all these years. And so to say that they're dangerous drugs is, is a complete misstatement. Um, in fact, what we're doing, now the, the original heartworm preventive, and now there's many others out there, but they're all sort of in this family. Um, the original medication is called ivermectin, and that was kind of the big breakthrough. And, and now there's a whole family of drugs, you know, that are that are similar to that. But ivermectin is used for a number of different things. It, it treats parasites and livestock. It, it actually treats river blindness in people. So we've uh, cured a lot of r river blindness because of it. That was a big problem in, in uh, poor countries in Africa. So it's got a lot of uses. The, here's the thing. Re, you know, if you look at the, the range of dosing, so there's, depending on what you're treating for, there's there's higher dosing, there's lower dosing. The safety profile of, of this particular medication, and, and, and this applies also to uh, other uh, medications in the family of of uh, ivermectin that are being used for heartworm prevention. 
the, at all doses, we're talking about a very high safety range, but the dose that's used to kill the infective larvae that transmits heartworm disease, we're talking about a minuscule dose, a very, very itty-bitty, itty-bitty dose that is so innocuous to the body. However, if your dog uh, or cat gets heartworm disease, we're talking about a very serious problem. And the treatment to kill the adult worms versus preventing by killing those little tiny, teeny sensitive infective larvae, that is much more dangerous. That to me, we're using arsenic to treat. So, you know, again, we'll get into that in a little, in a little bit when I kind of get into the true facts, but that is a complete misconception. So here's another big one. Cats don't get heartworms, so using a preventive is not necessary and a waste of money. This is absolutely untrue. We see positive heartworm cats all the time. It does present differently. It's not quite as common. Uh, most healthy cats are not are not going to allow that worm to reach any significant stage of maturation that's going to allow heartworm disease. But lo and behold, I've seen plenty of heartworm positive cats. And we're going to get to that topic. And, and cat owners, please stay tuned for that one because this, that's very important. And then lastly, this one this one's my favorite one because I actually uh, have even heard of some old-time veterinarians agreeing with this, and it, it, that that really, really, really upsets me. Um, I, I can understand where, where where people, pet owners, looking to save money could could get into believing this, and, and no problem. But when when there's veterinary professionals that you know are, are are perpetuating this kind of stuff, that really bothers me. Here here's the here here's what what I'm talking about. I can save money by getting my pet the higher Weight dose of heartworm preventive and giving half the dose each month. That way I have double the product. Um, so what they're referring to there is heartworm preventive medication is dosed by weight. So, you know, every weight range, so like for HeartGuard, for example, 0 to 25 pounds is the first weight, weight range. And then there's 26 to 48 pounds. Then there's 50 to 88 pounds and so on and so forth. So what they're saying is if your dog is, a certain weight, get the higher weight uh, preventive and cut it in half or give half the dose because there's topical heartworm preventives. Now give half the dose and that way you can double the amount of your medication and you're going to save a lot of money. Well, yeah, it's true that you'll save a lot of money. That's definitely true. You'll save money uh, because when you go up in weight, the, the cost differential is not that significantly different. It costs a little bit more, higher concentrations of product and whatnot. Uh, but, you know, b basically buying the higher dose of heartworm preventive and using half of it for a year versus buying the correct dose and using it for six months and then having to buy another six months. Um, yes, it is cheaper. That's true. That That is the one true thing I will say about that statement. Here's what's completely untrue, that it's going to work. <laughs> um, that That is just complete, 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 complete fallacy, not true. Disregard that, folks. Don't believe it. Um, here's part of the problem. When you're going up in weight, you're not doubling it each time. You're not doubling the concentration of the drug. So, if, you know, from the 0 to 25 to the to the 26 to 48 pound weight category, you're not doubling the amount of product. So, you know, that that's just, it, it's just completely wrong. You actually may be giving your dog or cat uh, more than what they really need. The other thing, too, is the... The concentration versus the volume is not always consistent, so you could be over or under dosing. And then lastly, and this is most important with the, the oral ones like Interceptor or HeartGuard, 
or Sentinel, the medication is not evenly distributed throughout the wafer or the pill. So HeartGuard, for example, is this little biscuit that you give them, and what happens is during the assembly process, the biscuit is made first, and the medication is then dripped on the biscuit. It gets absorbed in there, it hardens, and then you have your biscuit to serve to your dog. Well, that medication is not evenly dispersed throughout the wafer, so you could be giving them a quarter of the dose. You could be giving them perhaps the correct dose, or maybe even you're not giving them anything at all. Um, so that's inaccurate dosing. That's a great way to just waste your money because you have a very high probability that you're not dosing properly and your pet is still at risk for heartworm disease. So, And then when I heard about veterinarians agreeing with this, I thought, oh, my goodness, do your research before you put this information out there. So if your vet's telling you this, ugh, please don't believe he or she, and, and certainly don't believe anybody that's telling you that you can go uh, move up in the weight of the heartworm preventive and give half of it and therefore double your product. So let's throw that one out there as well. All right, so those are the main misconceptions out there. Those are the fiction statements that I wanted to clarify that I hear most of in practice. Uh, so now let's talk about what's true. All right, heartworm uh, is the lay terminology for the parasite. Uh, it is called diarrhea imitis is the scientific word for it. Um, it is a worm that, like, like the name implies, colonizes the right ventricle of the heart. Now, it's important that we're talking about the right ventricle of the heart, and of course it eventually fills all the chambers when you get severe infestations, but it really likes the right ventricle of the heart because during its developmental phase, and even as adults, what happens is the the right ventricle of the heart is what sends uh, blood back and f to the lungs to be oxygenated before it returns to the heart to be then be sent out to the tissues of the body to get oxygenated. So what you have is this big communication between the lungs and the right ventricle of the heart, and they're connected by a big vessel called the pulmonary artery. So infection starts like this. There's an infective little larvae called microfilaria, and microfilaria are teeny tiny microscopic little things that live within the gut of the mosquito. And an infected mosquito uh, bites your dog and then proceeds to another stage of, of larval development and eventually proceeds to adulthood. Um, that worm has the ability to self-replicate by making its own microfilaria so that the worm can self-replicate and so on and so forth. Eventually, you start with one worm and end up with hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands of worms colonizing the heart. And as they're reproducing, as they're feeding, as they're growing, they are traveling back and forth from the right ventricle of the heart to the lungs via the pulmonary artery, causing all kinds of damage and inflammation to the heart muscle, to the, to the walls of the pulmonary artery, and damaging the vasculature of the lungs. So you're talking about a big problem, very dangerous parasite. Now, interestingly enough, the changes don't happen overnight. So... When we do regular heartworm screening, we are, uh, you know, very, giving the pet the best opportunity to catch this early enough that there's no permanent damage. Left untreated, what happens is the heart muscle becomes so damaged, the heart valves become so damaged that the pet starts to go into congestive heart failure. Um, and what congestive heart failure means is that as the, the heart beats, 
rather than propelling all the blood in one direction, you have these leaky, ineffective heart valves now that are allowing backflow of blood into the lungs and they get congested. That's why we call it congestive heart failure. Um, the, the pet typically will start with a chronic non-productive cough, which eventually gets worse and worse and worse and worse. Eventually, you're bringing them to the vet. We take a listen. We take an x-ray. We see a big mess. We take a heartworm test. and Lo and behold, we have heartworm positive with secondary right-sided heart failure. So that's the consequence. And so the mode of infection is the bite of a mosquito. It then develops, self-replicates, travels between the right ventricle of the heart and the lungs via the pulmonary artery, does damage to all of those structures, and eventually leads to congestive heart failure. So that, that's the bottom line of heartworms. Um, so you can see why and in you know a pet that essentially spends a lot of time indoors heck i spend a lot of time indoors i get mosquito bites all the time they're still at risk and of course here in the state of florida we are the world leader not the world leader that's wrong the national leader for heartworm disease in the united states uh, obviously our mosquito problem uh is a year round issue of course it's not nearly as bad in the winter but they're out there um right now we have nice dry not humid weather this time of year, it's it's more of like an Arizona-type climate. It's lovely, but, hey, there's still an occasional mosquito that bites me, and there's certainly the occasional, occasional mosquito biting pets. So, uh, you know, that, those are the facts of heartworm disease. So let's talk about cats for a moment. Um, now, cats are not the definitive host for heartworm, and I want to be clear about that. So the risk is considerably less in cats. Most cats' immune systems are going to be able to deal with heartworm, but there are enough immune suppressed or or um, genetically predisposed cats that will uh, allow some larval development to certain stages so in the in the cats that allow uh, partial development of those larvae so we may not re reach adulthood but we get to like uh, a more advanced um, more substantial larvae they're crawling around and, and a lot of those cats can become asthmatic because they they as I said the the worms like the right ventricle of the heart, and they also like to hang out in the lungs too. And in that process, they can cause asthma in cats. And we see a lot of asthma in cats. And this happens commonly enough that if I see an asthmatic cat, I'm actually going to uh, go ahead and, and, of course, take x-rays to, to confirm the asthma, but I'm also going to heartworm test that cat uh, to make sure that the asthma hasn't been precipitated by, by heartworm. Now, in the cats that can actually allow development to a full-size worm, these cats are in a lot of danger because what what we what we can see is asymptomatic cats not necessarily asthmatic not coughing and then they just suddenly die and the reason for that is because the worm hanging out in there can cause these cats to throw clots and uh it's called a thromboembolism and they throw a clot to a major lung vessel and it cuts off the blood supply to that tissue and boom they die um, so that's it, it's a, it's potentially a, a deadly problem in cats, and you know all the more reason to consider preventing heartworm uh, in cats. So back to dogs for a minute. Let's talk about treatment. Uh, of course, the the best way to treat heartworm is to prevent it in the first place. So there's a number of different preventives out there. Some veterinarians have a preference. I, I'm I'm not really big on having different preferences. I think they're all pretty darn good. If I had to say there's there's one that I, I think that may be a little inconsistent as far as its ability to prevent heartworm in dogs in high heartworm-prone areas, 
I, I think Revolution to me is one of the weaker heartworm preventive products. Uh, but that's that's my opinion. Uh, you know, I I I still think it's a pretty decent product though. So if your dog is using it, I certainly wouldn't say, oh, get your dog off uh, heartworm prevention, but or that particular heartworm preventive and select another one. But you know, I'm just not a big fan of Revolution uh, for you know for the primary reliance on on heartworm preventive um i kind of find revolution to be the jack of all trades but master of none it it you know it has proclaimed uh, effectiveness against fleas uh i i've seen it fail there i've seen it fail with regard to heartworm and i think where it's best used is in treatment of mange that's where i like revolution i also don't mind revolution for use in cats to prevent heartworm because again cats aren't as high risk as dogs so you know, not to trash Revolution or anything, but that's that's where I would use it. But there's a number of products out there. Some of your vets might have a preference. Um, pre- pretty neatly these days, there's there's topical products, there's oral products, and and they're all they're all pretty darn good. So you know, I'm not going to really favor one in particular. I, I I tend to carry pretty much all of them, but Revolution, uh, for the purpose of heartworm prevention. Um, and that's that goes for both dogs and cats. Now, as far as treating adult heartworms, that's a whole different ballgame. Once you have a confirmed positive patient, you're not talking prevention anymore. You're talking you have a full-out uh, infection. So that's a different ballgame. In dogs, what we do is um, there, there's a, a few different protocols out there, but the bottom line is you're using an arsenic-based medication called imidacide. Um, I believe imidacide is the trade name. The generic name is melarsamine. And it's given by a deep lumbar injection. So there's these big muscles over the lower back uh, called the paxial muscles. And you're actually, you got a big long needle and you're giving a deep injection in that muscle. It's not fun. Um, you know, they're usually pretty brave about it, but, you know, you see the size of that needle. It, it's a little, it, 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 it's not something you want to put your dog through if you don't have to. Um, of course, the alternative is dying from heartworm disease, so you definitely want to do the treatment if they're positive. But again, focus on prevention is, is really the best way to go here. The, the, the protocol that I use is I uh, will give one injection on one side, uh, and then we monitor them for the day to make sure that there's no side effects or anything like that that we need to deal with. Then the next day, we give a second injection, again, monitor from, for the day, uh, make sure there's no side effects, and then send them home on anti-inflammatories and with uh, the idea that the, the owner is going to monitor them very carefully. As far as cats are concerned, you can't treat heartworm disease because it's just too dangerous to treat with uh, an arsenic in cats. Uh, they don't tolerate it like dogs do. In fact, it's estimated that about one-third of all cats will die from complication uh, of treatment with an arsenic-based medication for for um, heartworm treatment. So, you know, that's a 33% death rate uh, with treatment. So we're not going to treat it. So what I, the way I manage cats is I want to do my best to uh, reduce inflammation to make sure that uh, whatever worm is in there is not is causing minimal inflammation. So we're trying to prevent those clots. So I'm usually going to keep them on a steroid. Uh, cats do tolerate steroids very well, and typically I'm going to recommend a heartworm preventive product uh, because I want to make sure that that worm in the system or that little group of worms in the system is not making babies, so they're not going to have, um, you know, more and more worms being made. Uh, when we give the first couple of doses of the heartworm preventive, we need to be careful to make sure that there's not a dangerous reaction because with a heartworm 
positive cat or dog, when you kill off a little infective larvae, they can get an allergic reaction to them. So we have to, I'll typically uh, load them up with antihistamines and or cortisones to make sure that there's not an issue there. So in cats, we want to do a steroid um, with a, uh, co combined with a heartworm preventive to make sure those those worms there aren't having babies. The steroid is there to, to reduce inflammation and minimize the formation of clots. And typically in a cat, in about two to three years, those worms, if they don't cause any adverse effects, will die. That's the lifespan of an adult heartworm in a cat, about two to three years. So you can sort of play the waiting game in that way. And there's actually an email question about that that I'll get to in a little while. So that's kind of the, the long and the short of heartworm disease in dogs and cats. Um, I'm going to go ahead. I don't see any questions here on the chat. A little surprised about that. Uh, nobody's on the queue as far as the phone lines are concerned. So I'm going to just go ahead and just repeat our toll-free phone number if you want to give us a call and ask me anything. It could be about heartworm, but it doesn't have to necessarily be about what we're talking about today. Ask me anything pet-related. I'm happy to address your Questions or comments on the air? The number is one eight seven seven eight seven eight one four three five one eight seven seven eight seven eight one four three five. It is toll free. Please feel free to give me a call. You can also ask me a question by our live chat. So if you want to make a comment or you know, post a question, feel free to go ahead and do that. Um, no, no one's on the queue right now, so I'm going to just go ahead and start addressing our email questions. And these are some really good ones. I pay attention to these because these are really, really valid questions here that people pre-emailed me here. So let's start with Ashley from Arizona. And she wrote, I live in a state where there are literally no mosquitoes. Since heartworms come from the bite of a mosquito, is it really necessary to keep my dog on HeartGuard? HeartGuard is one of the many heartworm preventive, monthly heartworm preventive products out there. So when, uh, you know, heartworm is just, or I'm sorry, heartguard is just one example of those. So obviously that's what, that's what she's using. just want to clarify that. But um, it, this is a very good question because, yes, it is true that states like Arizona, New Mexico, Nevada, California, Utah maybe even, um, no, they don't have um, a very substantial heartworm problem because they're fairly low humidity states and they don't have very many mosquitoes. However, however, this is very important. Arizona is a state where there is a thousand new people moving there uh, each year. I, I want to say, I thought it was each month. I'm not sure if it's each each month or each year, but whatever the case, you have a lot of people moving there. And what you're having is this increasing urban sprawl. And and Arizona is not a hospitable environment as far as you know growing grass and having drinking water and all that sort of thing. So what happens is a lot of that, a lot of the irrigation is piped in. Uh, so there's 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 canals, there's there's piped in water, there's retention ponds, um, and and with this increase in urban sprawl, we're actually seeing a rise in heartworm cases in Arizona. And it's funny, I just read an article in DVM News Magazine about this phenomenon that in states like Arizona, look, it's a beautiful place to live. Um, every time every time I watch a game, like a football game, Arizona Cardinal game, it's sunny there, it's beautiful. The weather's awesome. Um, it seems to be a really nice class of people out there, so it's a pleasant place to live. So it's very popular that people, you know, are going to maybe want to move there to raise a family and whatnot. For some reason, Californians especially like to uh, relocate to Arizona. I don't know why that is exactly. But whatever the case, 
uh, Arizona is growing, and as it grows, it's bringing this urban sprawl, and with that, you're increasing these local reservoirs, local uh, retention ponds. There's a lot of man-made golf courses with lakes. Where do mosquitoes replicate? They replicate in these places. So we're seeing an increase in heartworm disease, and you know what? Most of the heartworm preventive products out there are not just preventing for heartworm. There's some of most of them are also going to prevent for intestinal parasites, roundworms, hookworms, uh, whipworms. They they are also going to um, some of them like Advantage Multi, for example, is going to prevent against all that stuff. Plus mange, plus ear mites, plus fleas. You know, so you got these all-in-one products that are also preventing for other stuff that are still they're still going to be susceptible to in Arizona. Why not just go ahead and treat them? And and why take the risk? Because as I said. Uh, heartworm heartworm treatment once they're positive is expensive to treat, painful to treat, and, and it's not without side effects. So uh, my advice to Ashley is go ahead and treat your dog uh, for heartworm disease. Next question is from Valerie from New Smyrna, Florida, a bit north of here, about an hour north of, of uh, the Space Coast. If you had to pick a favorite heartworm product, what would it be? And... The next statement was a worst question mark. Um, I, I, it's hard to have a favorite because they're all very good. So, you know, it depends on what your aim is. Uh, you know, if if you like the idea of an all-in-one product, uh, Advantage Multi is really nice because it's a topical that goes on the skin between the shoulder blades. It's going to protect against fleas, heartworm, intest uh, four species of intestinal parasites, mange, heart. Uh, I'm sorry, ear mites. Um, you're talking about a lot of stuff. Um, that, so, so, you know, that's a really nice product. It's one limitation is it does nothing for ticks. So, you know, you have to spend the money on a on a tick product if you're in a tick-prone area. Uh, so there's also HeartGuard. What we like about HeartGuard, it's been around forever. It's the original. It's got a really nice safety profile, and it works very effectively. Also prevents uh, intestinal parasites. doesn't do anything for fleas. doesn't do anything for ticks. So a lot of people that go with HeartGuard will combine it with Frontline, which gets fleas and ticks. Um, so, you know, I, I'm not going to go through all the different combinations here that you can use, but uh, generally speaking, they're all pretty good, and, and it really depends on what you're looking for, and that's a, that's a discussion to have with your veterinarian. Now, I touched on earlier, as far as the worst, you know, and I don't want to harp on it too much, but revolution to me in dogs to prevent heartworm disease has shown itself to be a little inconsistent in heavy heartworm areas. So, you know, to me, if there's going to be a weakest product, I think that would be it uh, as far as my own experience is concerned and, and also the experience of other veterinarians that I've talked to about it. Uh, so so that's, that's my opinion on that. Uh, next question is from Marcy from Northport, New York, and she writes this. My vet has the following policy. If your dog is on year-round heartworm medicine, he tests once every two years. If you treat with heartworm medicine just during the mosquito months, May through October, then he tests every year. What are your thoughts on this? Um, it's funny that Marcy wrote this because I actually used to work in Long Island, New York, on the North Shore, and I know Northport's like two, two towns over from uh, Huntington where I used to practice. And that was the policy of my hospital, uh, actually, that we... Um, you know, we would test every two years if they were on year-round prevention, and we would test every year if they chose to uh, treat during only the mosquito-prone months, which were May through October. Well, 
that I, you know, in hindsight, I, I, I'm, and of course, I didn't have a choice in the matter because I was working for a clinic. I wasn't necessarily setting policy. Um, in hindsight, I don't agree with that approach, and there's a couple of reasons for that. First reason is that I can't tell you how many times, um, you know, I'm, wa- I'm, I'm walking in, I'm walking my dog uh, in November, you know, around Thanksgiving, and, and again, this is back when I lived up north. Uh, in in Long Island, New York, and I'm walking, and I see this cluster of mosquitoes, yet it's like 40 degrees out, but there's this cluster of mosquitoes, just this like cloud of mosquitoes, you know, kind of going by me, and I'm thinking to myself, how in the world are those mosquitoes alive right now? Well, you know what? Again, life finds a way. So here we're telling people that they should only treat their dogs from May through October, and that's okay, yet, you know, towards the end of November, I'm seeing mosquito clusters of uh, you know, mosquitoes making their last stand, desperate to bite into a warm body. And, and um, because of that, we see dogs getting infected after those months. So it's it's silly to think that life is not going to find a way, that there's only going to be mosquitoes from May through October. Um, and uh, so, so I don't think that's a good pro- approach. Now, testing every two years, but keeping the dog on year-round preventive, um, I don't see too much flaw in that, but here here is the one flaw. Um, a number of heartworm preventive products, the manufacturers will actually not guarantee the safety or efficacy of the product unless they're used all year round, number one. And number two, there's yearly heartworm screening being done by the veterinarian. Um, the reason for that is they want to make certain that nothing's falling through the cracks. They want to make certain that it's not their product that's failing. Um, that's why they're insisting on year-round uh, pre- preventive. So, you know, as far as guaranteeing the safety and efficacy, basically if your dog were to have an adverse reaction or your dog or cat were to have an adverse reaction to a heartworm preventive product, well, they're waiving all responsibility for that because you're not doing what they're asking you to do, which is year-round heartworm preventive as well as um, as well as regular screening. There's There's a whole bunch of reasons for that. Um, it's not them being sh- uh, shysters. There's actually good scientific, sound scientific reasoning for that. The other thing is that, uh, you know, we talked about the, the safety, but now let's talk about efficacy. If the product were to fail and you call up, let's say, Muriel, who makes HeartGuard, and say, well, I've had my dog on HeartGuard, and uh, he's, still got, he's still got heartworm disease. Well, are you doing yearly screening? No, I'm doing it every two years. Well, sorry, can't help you there. We weigh well responsibility if you're not – doing it uh, yearly screening and using the product every month year-round. So, you know, that's what they're mandating. So if you want the guarantee of the manufacturer, you want them to back up the product for safety and efficacy, my recommendation is do it year-round and do the yearly screening uh, like we do here in Florida. So um, I I don't agree with what uh, your vet is doing there, Marcy. Um, Next Question is Linda from Melbourne, Florida. This is a bit of a long one, and uh, this is uh, well. This amazes me because I, I actually can't, I ran into the same situation about six months ago. So I can I can elaborate on that once I I read her email here. My dog is a rescue that came positive with heartworms. The rescue told me that I need to kill the heartworms with the slow kill approach versus the fast kill approach that most vets will recommend. They said that the fast kill is far more dangerous than the slow kill and and that since whatever vet I establish with will likely recommend the fast kill approach, they made me sign a waiver that I cannot treat him with the fast kill treatment or they can legally take the dog back from me. 
Sure enough, my vet recommended the fast kill treatment and basically told me that the rescue had no idea what they were talking about with regard to the facts about heartworm treatment. I tend to believe my vet because this rescue is coming off more and more weird the longer I know them, and of course I have trusted him for years, and he's always done a great job. I want to do what is best for my dog, but I cannot bear the thought of that rescue taking him away from me. Please give me some advice here. My goodness gracious, I, I ran into the same situation six months ago. An owner who wanted me to treat her rescue dog, Heartworm, and the rescue had a big bug up their rear end about the fast kill approach, and they wanted her to do the slow kill approach. And let me just tell you the difference. So the fast kill is the two injections that I talked about when I first touched on how do we treat Heartworm-positive dogs. The only way to kill the adult worms is to uh, give them two separate injections of an arsenic-based arsenic compound, 24 hours apart. That will effectively clear the worms. And that's the fast kill. They're killed. They're dead in two days, okay? Um, as far as that being ever so dangerous, uh, you know, it's not without risk, but let me just knock on wood quickly here. I have treated oh, so many cases of heartworm in the last seven years that I've been working here in Florida because we diagnose one new case every week. Actually, uh, I, I diagnosed a new case just earlier today in a collie. A collie with a coat is, is probably three inches thick. You're one, you, know, I'm, you, you sit back and you're wondering, how in the world did a mosquito even bite through this hair coat? But whatever the case, this dog was heartworm positive today. Um, and so we, we're seeing one case a week, and, and if, you, if you think about that I've been doing this here now uh, in the state of Florida for seven years, that's a lot of heartworm that I've treated, and I've not lost one yet. Okay, so to say that it's this horrifically dangerous treatment protocol is completely wrong. It's fallacy. It's it's I don't know where they're getting that information from. So they they want this person to do the slow kill approach, uh, like the rescue wanted my client to do, and they were actually making them sign that same silly waiver, and I'll get to that in a moment. The slow kill approach is this. You load them up with antihistamines, and then you start them on heartworm preventive. What the heartworm preventive does is it kills the, the infective larvae uh, that are the reproductive organ of the heartworms. So when you're doing that, you're disabling the existing adult heartworms from actually reproducing. They can't reproduce without their little infective larvae called microfilaria. So when you first load the heartworm preventive, because when you kill those, all those microfilaria, there can be a very dangerous reaction. You load them up with the antihistamines before the first preventive uh, dose, and basically, um, if you can prevent a significant reaction uh, and you give them the heartworm every month, you're going to prevent those adult heartworms from reproducing. And basically, you're waiting out the lifespan of the heartworm. But listen to this, folks. The adult heartworm is going to live five years. So yeah, they're not going to have babies most likely, and you're going to prevent, you're going to keep the numbers in check. But they're swimming around in the dog's heart and lungs for five years, doing their damage. Uh, so to me, that's a silly approach. I've seen a lot of dogs go into congestive heart failure by taking that approach. Um, so to to say that that's safer than the fast kill is utter, utter ridiculous. <laughs> um, I, I, I can't I can't think of a dumber notion uh, at this very moment than than that statement. So. Um, this rescue does not know what they're talking about. Um, and, and Linda, I would go with your instincts and tell you that they're absolutely off their gourd, as were the people that uh, were trying to pressure my own client uh, from having the fast kill approach done uh, in my office. So here's the other thing, that waiver thing, that whole waiver situation. I'd like to tell you that the uh, once the dog has a client, patient, doctor, 
veterinarian relationship, um, all information between you is confidential. So that the, the rescue can really never know what you're doing. Um, that dog is now, you are now its legal guardian once you adopt it. They can't come take that dog from you because if they call up the veterinarian and say, uh, did you do that uh, fast kill approach on this dog? We can't legally tell them that. We would say to them, ma'am or sir, we do not have the legal authority to disclose any medical information of this patient. Um, we are bound by the same confidentiality as human doctors are. So they can't get that info from us. So the only other place they can get it from is you. So all you have to say is, nope, didn't do that. But you can still do whatever your vet asks you to do, uh, which would be the uh, fast kill approach is the right way to go. You'll clear those worms in two days, and it's over. <laughs> um, you're not waiting five years for adult worms to die off, and, and certainly you're preventing a lot of damage there. Uh, so, you know, take that into account. Take the advice of your vet. That's my advice there to Linda. Kenneth from Palm Bay, Florida. His comment is, my dog has heartworms. I just can't afford to have the treatment done. My vet told me that if I start the dog on heartworm prevention medicine after he is pre-treated with cortisone, to prevent any bad reactions for the first couple of months that I can keep the existing worms from having babies and wait out the lifespan of the worms, which will mean they should die within three years. Is this true? Uh, the, the truth is yes and no. Um, the bottom line is that uh, heartworms will die eventually, but not in three years. In the dog, in the cat, yes, if you can play the waiting game and do the heartworm preventive, uh, prevent reactions either using cortisones, antihistamines, or combination uh, when you first start the treatment. Um, yes, the, in cats it's about two to three years because the cat's not the definitive host. They're not going live to live as long in a cat. But in a dog, no, not three years. That's where I disagree with your vet. Um, that the, They're going to live five years, and they're going to exert their damage um, in that time. So, you know, I, I sympathize not being able to afford the treatment, but here's the good news about that. You can start the slow kill approach, and if at some point, Kenneth, if, if you become more financially stable uh, that you can afford the fast kill, with the, just the, the two injections of the arsenic, you can always opt to do that later on. And in the meantime, keeping, you know, the numbers at bay uh, with the monthly heartworm preventive and slow kill approach. So, folks, I want to just uh, caution you. Don't ever start a slow kill approach on your own without the advice of a veterinarian, without the supervision of a veterinarian. Dangerous reactions can occur, and you need to be in co direct contact with your vet. So don't just go getting heartworm preventive from a friend of yours and starting it thinking that you're going to start a slow kill a protocol on your own that's very dangerous. So I just want to be very clear about that. Um, and uh, we have one last question from Beth from Marietta, Georgia. This is our last question. I'll be wrapping it up after this. So, folks, one last time, I just want to give you a last chance to uh, post a comment or give me a call. Uh, the number, the call-in number is toll-free. It's one eight seven seven eight seven eight one four three five one eight seven seven eight seven eight one four three five. You've been shy tonight, so feel free to please give me a call or post a chat comment or question or remark. Uh, the chat room is open and it is live, and I will take those live on the air. So feel free to, um, you know, contribute to the show in that way. So that brings me now to Beth from Marietta, Georgia, and here's a very good question. My cat has heartworms. My vet said that the treatment is too dangerous, so we just let her go and hope nothing bad happens and wait out the lifespan of the worms two to three years. Do you agree with this? Please help. I'm so scared for her. Um, I do agree with your vet that the the conventional canine treatment to kill the adult heartworms is too dangerous to try, so we don't want to go there. 
Um, I'm not sure if he's advised you to start the cat though on a heartworm preventive regimen, um, but uh, you didn't you didn't mention either way, so I don't want to I don't want to you know implicate your vet in any way, shape, or form here. But um, if he hasn't already, I would say talk to him about starting a heartworm preventive protocol monthly, perhaps loading up the kitty uh, with a steroid beforehand, and we'll talk about get back to the steroid for long term as well, um, to prevent any, you know, uh, dangerous reactions when you first start the treatment. Um, a good heartworm preventive that I like for cats is Advantage Multi because that's going to kill fleas too. It only costs a dollar more per dose. Uh, than adva regular Advantage that just kills fleas does. So a lot of people have their cats on Advantage anyway. Go for the Advantage Multi and get the benefit of heartworm prevention in addition to, to flea prevention. Um, and, and yes, if you do your heartworm preventive every month, you will hopefully, if there's no unforeseen complications, you'll wait out the lifespan of those uh, heartworms within two to three years and they will die off and they will be resorbed and, and they should be cleared. But I would also keep the kitty on a steroid. And the reason I'd like to keep a steroid is um, I want to reduce the inflammation that those worms are going to cause within the cardiopulmonary system. I want to minimize it as much as I can. So a daily anti-inflammatory dose of a steroid during that three, two to three year period while your kitty is still heartworm positive to me is imperative and important because once the, the, the vasculitis, the inflammation of the blood vessels or the heart muscles start, cats are very prone to throwing clots, a lot worse than dogs are. They, they love to clot. They're hyper-clotting animals. So when you throw the heartworm in the mix, they can throw a clot at any time, and that can cause acute or sudden death. So you, you minimize that potential considerably by keeping them on a steroid like prednisolone or something of that nature. So um, my advice is heartworm preventive for your kitty and a steroid and retest for heartworm every year because the moment she is negative, I would then take her off the steroid, or wean her off the steroid, and then for the long term, just go with the heartworm preventive so she never gets it again. Ladies and gentlemen, there's no one on the queue, nobody on the chat room. Quiet audience tonight, of course, always an active uh, pre-email uh, list here that we had to go through. Some very good questions, but this was an excellent topic, such an important topic, ladies and gentlemen. Don't take it lightly. I appreciate you listening to me this evening, and uh, I wish you all the best of luck. Have a great evening. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.